Good morning, City Life. Good morning, City Lifers and visitors. Welcome to church. Welcome to our online service. My pleasure to be here for us. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Pedro Reese, and I'm the lead pastor here at City Life. And uh, it is my honor, my privilege to bring us the word for today. Uh, and we're just going to jump right on in because we got a lot to cover today. Um, I want to say this one thing, and I want to start off with this thing, and I'm going to say it a couple times today. I believe this passage will, like, this is our big idea for today. This is what this passage screams out to us this morning. And I want to say this to you, not just for your mind, but your heart, your soul. I want to remind us today, if you remember nothing else, this is what I want you to leave with, our passage and this, that there is purpose in your soul, and God made you to find it in Him. There's purpose in your soul, and God made you to find that purpose in Him. There's purpose in your soul, and God wants you to find it in Him. There's this part that God has baked into humanity, and all hearts share this. It might not be at the forefront of our attention all the time. It's, it's probably, in fact, not on our forethought, like on the top of our heads most of the time. But it's in human nature to want purpose, to look for more, to search for meaning. Like there's like longings and appetites and dreams and passions and sometimes we like don't even have the words but all we can say is like more i think there's just more there's more than this there has to be more than this like there has to be more to life than waking up in a job that i don't like or even there's like has to be more than waking up at a job i really like but then like week after week after week i wake up on monday tired from the weekend and then like i somehow get to friday and like forget everything that I did in between and it went by so fast or it went by so slow and then I get two days of rest which like usually Saturdays aren't really restful because it's just as busy as any other day and then Sunday I have to go to church and I'm like what like there's got to be more than just this like I feel so disconnected from a greater purpose and like even if you know the Lord even if you're a Christian and believe in Jesus like often life just feels so monotonous and like so repetitive and I I'm a preacher. I preach every almost just about every week, a, a lot of weeks, and I'm like, man, like I just preached. I have to get ready for another one, and like my life and my cycle and my calendar is just like one Sunday after another, just one Sunday after another. Okay, that sermon got preached. Like throw it out of your mind because you need that brain space. We got to work on a new one. And it's like, man, like there's got to be more than this. And even like when we love our jobs or love the things that we do, it's like oh, we have this longing to be connected to purpose. Like all humans, always, God has made us this way, are in search for significance and purpose and beauty and truth. And like there's a lot of different words that we use to mean this like big idea, but like something real is like the heart of it. Like we long for what's real. We long for something meaningful, something fulfilling, something that will satisfy, something like truly real. And like at times my job as pastor, I feel like it's to like make us think of our whole lives. Like don't separate secular and spiritual, like religious or not like, no, like you're one being. You live one life. Acts 17 says that like God ordains everyone's days. And so you have a certain amount of days. I don't know how much that is, but like you have these days. And so what are you like doing? How are you filling them? Your job, your family, your career, your friends, your hobbies, your projects, the choices that you make, like 
How is this one life feeding into the purpose that God has made you for? How are you like finding this purpose that God has put in your soul to search after? I want to remind us this morning, I feel called, I feel like spurred by the Holy Spirit to remind us today that like your soul has purpose and you find that purpose in God. Like life gets so busy, we get so distracted, our souls are often so noisy, like we forget or we lose sight of that. Like Then our hearts get restless and our lives get restless and we feel so tired holding everything up, trying to get all these balls in the air. But like your soul was made for purpose and you find that purpose in the Lord. And so like through life's ups and downs and difficulties and hard seasons, like what does the Bible, how does the Bible orient us to live lives and make choices? How do we build and how do we watch and how do we sleep with the Lord? Like how do we let God dictate what's in our lives? Like how do we even do that? I, I could even agree with that in my mind, but I don't know how to do that. Like, that's what we're here to talk about today. Your, purpose, your soul has purpose, and you find that purpose in the Lord. And the Lord can help you winnow down your life, get rid of the things you don't need, good, the good things that are just too much or He's not in. And like, Lord, teach me how to live a life that like connects me to this purpose that will like defeat my tiredness and my, the burdens and my anxiety. Like, have me connected to my real source, you. Like that, when Jesus says that He is the vine, he, and we're the branches, like, like, Lord, how do I really connect to you and like bring life out of me in life's ups and downs? Because your soul is made for purpose, and that purpose is found in Jesus. It's found in God. It's found in life with the Holy Spirit. Today, like, I, I feel really called to speak against, we're not going to mention these by name often, but I, like, I want to go against the spirit, the idols of especially this, area but also just of modern living here in the u.s like i want to speak against the idols of time and busyness hey like let me say something to you really quick your value is never war is never dictated by how busy you are how much significant things you have in your life or how influential you are like your your value is found at the cross what jesus says about you that you have like a, a soul that was made by god for purpose and I, like, I also want to speak against idols of self-determining, right? Like, we don't always say who we are. Like, God, that's God, our Father, who does that. I want to speak against, like, the idol of being self-sufficient all the time and of, like, efficiency. Like, that, like that's not always what the kingdom is about. But, like, how do we live these lives that are connected to real God purposes? How do we answer the deep longing questions of our souls? Like scripture helps us to know that. And that's what we're tackling today because you were made with purpose and for your soul to be connected to the Lord so that like, you live a satisfied, like loving life. And so I want to pray. I want to pray because those are big idols that we are all seduced by. Every single one of us are seduced by these idols at times. Maybe most of the time for some of us. Maybe all of the time for many of us. Like, how do we like, go against those idols and say, like, Lord, I want to live a life that you've built. I want to watch over the things that you're watching over. And like, Lord, I want to get to my bed at night and I want to sleep with the rest that only you can give me. Like, I wanna, my soul was made for purpose and I need to find that in you. And so I want to pray 
to start us off today. And then we're going to read Psalm 127. I was almost forgetting it. Psalm 127. But uh, first, let's, let's pray. Join me in prayer. Lord, I thank you for this day. And I thank you for how good you are. I thank you that you don't have us to leave meaningless lives, Lord. That you don't have us just to like get through this life to get to the next, Lord. But like you've made us for purpose, to know you, to be with you, to connect with you. Our souls long for it and they remain restless until they're near you. And Lord, I pray that that does not stop, that that restless, restlessness will lead us to you, will lead many to you, Lord. And then like we can come and say like, yeah, like your purpose is to know Jesus and live close to him. And so like, let's, let's do that. Let's build this. Let's watch over this and let's like sleep over this, Lord. Teach us today what those things really mean of what your word teaches us about throwing the things out of our lives that are maybe even good, but not what you're in. And like, Lord, just like be connected to our source, you, our purpose, to know you, to live with you, to love you, to worship you. And so Lord, uh, be Holy Spirit, you're welcome right now into the preaching of your word. Anoint my lips to say your truth. And then like, Lord, uh, I just welcome you into the hearing. Everyone who's hearing this word, touch them and be with us. And like, Lord, guide us, take us by the hand because a lot of this is painful and a lot of this like we don't want to hear often, but like, Lord, lead us, form us. You disciple us, not the other way around. And so Lord, we love you. I ask for you to be with us. And uh, I pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to be in Psalm 127. Elegant, beautiful psalm. We're only going to read two verses. Two verses is more than enough for us today. And this is what the word of the Lord says. This is God's word. It says, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. I'll read it one more time. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. For he gives to his beloved sleep. I, I love this passage. I love how elegant and simple and how like this is not the solution that many of us who are addicted to work, are addicted to significance and busyness. It's simple and beautiful, but yet life-changing and challenging. And so let's start. Like first, we got to understand the problem. Let's talk about what's vain. That's where we start off today. Like we have to understand the problem here. Like scripture is giving us a worldview here, right? I, I pray that every sermon really, but especially this sermon and these next couple of sermons, I, I, like, I pray that they are disciple forming. Like our, our job and our hope is like, Lord, disciple me. Make me more like you. Form me. Form my life. Inform how I'm supposed to be living and filling my days, Lord. I change to you. I'm amenable to you. Like, I pray that this is like the case, especially starting today. And like we start off with what's vain. Like, let me read it again and listen to when the word vain comes up. Like what this might be saying. Unless Lord, the Lord builds the house, those who labor, those who build it labor in vain. 
Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Let me give you the new page of translation here. It's like, this is my paraphrase. It's like, if you're building something, you're building it in vain unless you're building what the Lord is building. Like, if you're building something and God's not in it, it's in vain. If you're staying awake, but if you're like, Staying awake in vain if God's not staying awake first. If you're watching over something that God isn't watching over, then it's in vain. It's not going to last. It's not helpful. It's not going to bring you significance. It's not going to be around for very long. And the last one, waking up, if you wake up early, and if you work all day long, if you go to bed when it's really late, you know what? All of that is in vain. All you're really doing is eating the bread of anxious toil because God gives rest to those he loves, to his beloved. So like, what's this idea of vain here? Like, why are these things vain? Like, why are they, what does that even mean? We're saying like, that is vain is that it's not useful. One of the definitions here is that it won't last. Something vain in scripture is like, that that won't be around for very long. So like, why are you putting so much effort and time into this? That that won't be here in a few few years, in a few decades, in a century, like from God's perspective, right? The word here, the Hebrew word here is shav. Simple word. Like, not very complicated in thought. And it really, in this exact instance, the exact literal meaning means it is useless for you. Psalm 127, in these verses, the word vain there means it is useless for you. It won't serve you. It won't be around for very long. It's like you're building something right and you're building all these amazing things, but it's useless for you if you're building what God isn't. It's like, oh, if you're watching over the city, if you're trying to protect, we're going to talk about what these things mean, what these activities mean. If you're watching and protecting, guess what? Like, you're not as safe as you think you are unless God is also watching. So you wake up and you go about your day and you do all these things and like you're even, you might even be good of a part of really good things, but guess what? Like it's useless for you. It won't serve you. It's not connecting you. It's not fulfilling you. It's not leaving you happy if God's not in it. It won't last. There's no meaning. There's no lasting purpose, no significance, no like even pleasure. There's no satisfaction. There's no wholeness. It won't answer any of your yearnings. You're just working. You're just building. You're just creating. You're just like walking. You're just adding things into your life. And you know what? Like the best that we can actually hope for is that like you're eating the bread of anxious toil. You're like, oh, like that's an interesting image right there. Especially a couple weeks ago, we were preaching our open table series. We were like familiar in city life with of eating at the table with Jesus. It's like, oh, okay, we're stuffing our plates and we're stuffing our mouth with the bread of anxious toil. There's nothing too revolutionary about this idea, but like let it confront us a little bit. Uh, One of the definitions for being anxious is worry, unease, nervousness, and wanting something that won't come. Like, oh, like, we just have all these desires, all these emotions, all these worries, all these burdens over, like, things that might come. And then toil means extremely hard work. Another definition that I really like is incessant work. 
It's like, like this, this bread of anxious toil. It's like you're just heaping work and work and work on your plate that's already pretty full with all of this bread. And this bread is just like giving you more things to do and more things to do and more burdens and more anxiety and more like it's removing you further and further away from your purpose, from what will really fill you. And you're just adding to your life. You're just adding and like none of it is serving you. None of it is good. None of it is what God meant for you to do. None of it is for what God meant for you to carry. And we're going to talk about this in a second, but like what you're building or creating, like you're creating things that might even be great, but it's just like a burden. It's just a burden on you. It's vain. It's useless for you because it's creating more work, more burden, more stress, more emotion. It's like, oh, watching, like you, what God has put in charge for you to protect. Like if God's not watching it first, if he's not protecting it first, then like you are responsible for all the outcomes and everyone's safety and, and all the what ifs. And it's like, it's too much. It's too much. Like it's, there's no, it makes sense why we're so burdened, why we feel so heavy, like why we have the weight of the whole world on our shoulders because we're eating all this bread of anxious toil giving ourselves more and more and more work to do. If God isn't in your creating, then you won't meet your purpose. You're just making yourself busy. If God isn't in your watching, in your protecting, then you're never really safe. Then you are exposed all the time. If we examine our lives, and we're like, what if we see that God isn't in the big parts of our lives? Maybe that's why we are so tired. Maybe that's why we're so burdened. Maybe that's why we just can't get out of our depressions. Like maybe season after season and year after year, we're left wondering, like, is there more? Is this really the answer? Is, maybe even, is Jesus real? It's like because we're like just loading our lives with anxious toil disconnecting ourselves further and further from what the Lord is doing and building in our lives. If the Lord isn't in what you're building, it's in vain. If you're building all of these good things, even if they're good, it's in vain. If you're throwing 60 hours a week, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 hours a week on something that you know is just a job, then like maybe that's why we're so uptight all the time. Maybe that's why we're so like, deeply sad, profoundly sad and lost. Maybe that's why we have no joy and pleasure in our lives. Maybe that's why we're left wondering with our faith, is this, is this it? And what if we're doing that with our friends? Like we're just investing in all the wrong areas. What if we're like trying to like putting all of our efforts into something that like God isn't asking us to do? Makes sense why we might be tired all the time. It might make sense why we're like, we're just only no burden, and we don't know freedom from oppression. And so what do we do? What, what does this passage offer us as the solution? Like what can God have his hands in, and how do we partner with him? Let's talk about building and watching. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Let's start off with building. Unless the Lord builds this house, those who build it labor in vain. 
The Hebrew word here for build is like exceedingly normal. The word is bana. Like those who bana, like bana what the Lord is doing. It's a really common word. There's like no theological significance in just this word. It's a simple picture like building a house. It's used 345 times in the Old Testament as like building. But in this context, it's like more than just building, right? It's creating. Like, he's like, be careful with what you create in your life. Be careful with the creative process in your life. Be careful, like, what you bring all of your time and efforts into building and manifesting in your life, right? Because if the Lord's not in it, that thing is in vain. If the Lord isn't in what you're building, it's not going to last. And, like, first I just want to address that this is, like, the desire to build is great. You know why? Because God is a creative God. God created creation, right? God created everything. He spoke everything into being. And part of the image that we have from Him is like this human desire to build because we all have this desire to build even though we build totally different things, right? Some of us, it's career. And like, that can be a good thing. For some of us, it's a family. Like, I want this family. And that's like beautiful. That's a God-given desire, right? That's beautiful. God loves that desire. For some of us, it's literature or a dish, like food. For some of us, it's like, a, we're like, let's write something beautiful. Let's write a song. Let's write a book. Let's create this. Like, I used to play Minecraft, and I'm like convinced that Minecraft is a video game. Um, simple, like, it's just a building game. And I'm like, I used to do that because I had no crea- other creative outlet. And it's like so silly because it's Minecraft, and it's like for little kids. But like, I loved it because it was like, I get to create anything. And I like used to love it. We are like hardwired. God made us to create because he's a creating God and we're like our father in heaven. And so it's like good for human nature. Like it's baked in our souls to, be, to build. But he's like, be careful with, with, with what you build because God's not in everything. And if you're building this house that God isn't in, it's not going to serve you. It's not connected to your purpose. Yeah, that might be a good thing. Hey, that's like a lot of that is beautiful. But is God telling you to do it? Remember, the definition of vain in this exact context, in this chapter, is like, it's useless for you. Like, it's just more work heaped upon your plate. More for you to worry about and carry. It's like, oh, actually, I also want to say, you know what? For both watching, and or for building and watching our next word, uh, I am not here to say, hey, do less, lower your ambitions, don't, like, actually, the answer is don't create so much, right? Don't watch so much. Like, no, that's not the answer here. We want to do these things. We want to build them. We want to watch because we see God doing it first. God, in this verse, we build because we see God building. We watch because God watches first. And so the answer here is not, hey, don't do this. Lower your ambition. Like, kill that part of yourself or, like, just want less, right? Just be okay with getting to the end of your life. Like, no, no. Like, it's like, be careful with what you build because it's powerful. It's this powerful drive and desire that, like, God often is, like, God-given our human nature to want to build and see new things come to life and, like, put our efforts and our life's work into something that is tangible and meaningful and serving to us and other people like that's good things but here the passage is saying be careful with what you build because if god's not in it you do it in vain if god's not in the things that you're building in your life even if it's a good thing it's not serving you it's giving you more bread of anxious toil if god's not in your career 
It's tough to say, but if the God's not in your career, it'll only bring you trouble. If God's not in like the perfect picture of the family that you have, yeah, that's not the good picture for your family. If God's not in what you choose to do or who you say that you are, it's just like giving you more anxiety. And like for some of us on this journey, not for all of us, but for some of us, like saying, God, okay, well then what do you want to build means the death of, a, of dreams, of what we want to see. And that's not always easy. Like for some of us, you, if you give God, if you ask him this question honestly, for some, you might lose your job. You might lose a career or he might tell it. He might ask you to let go of a career. He might ask you to let go of the perfect dream job or like a bank account a retirement account. Like he might ask you to give up a lot of things because a lot of things are good, but if he's not in it, it's not for you. And it's painful. Like I, I guarantee you that if God, if God is in a hard ask, it's because there's purpose on the other side of that ask. Be careful with what you build because some of it, if God's not in it, could be in vain. Then he also says watching, right? Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. The word for watch here, another simple, common Hebrew word, it's shamar. And it means to watch, to keep, to watch over. And it also means to protect. In the same way building is like also speaking about creating, watching also speaks about protecting. Hey, be careful with all the things that you protect. If you're protecting over everything, and not letting God protect it first, then it's not as safe as you think it is. This word is used 440 times in the Old Testament, and it's this idea of protecting. And it's like, okay, like, if you are your ultimate protector, if everything, if all the outcomes of life depend on you, thinking through every scenario, protecting yourself, guarding yourself, preparing yourself for all of the eventualities, guess what? There's not like, there's no doubt of why you're so tired of why you're so burdened, of why you feel so disconnected from purpose. Because if God's not the one watching first, if you're not the one saying like, Lord, I will only build what you tell me to build because then you're also going to watch over it, then it's like not as safe as you ever think. And there's like no, re there's like no confusion of why we're stressed all the time, of why we have to think of every scenario, of why like every outcome is our responsibility. Like, well, if God isn't watching over the city, then we stay awake in vain. Like if we're so consumed with building these empires of our own, no matter how many guards we have at the watchman tower, like we're not as safe as we think we are. Right? Watchmen used to stay in the city walls and protect and like be vigilant of if anyone is coming. I was like, okay, like you can have your whole army watching, but if God's not also watching, you're not as safe as you think you are. And so like the answer here isn't, okay, well then just let every enemy come in or to, we're just going to abandon our post. No, it's like God watches first. God is your watchman. He, you're too small to take care of every eventuality, of every scenario, of every problem. Like, like Anne, I, my wife, we pack a kid's bag. And that's usually her job because she's much better at it than me. But she's like, oh, I think we need this. I think we need this. I would think. And then at the end, our, our bag is like 50 pounds heavy. And it's 
like, ah, that's like way too much. But like, if God, if like you're the one packing up your bag, it's just going to be heavy all the time. If you don't trust God to watch over the things, over your life, over the outcomes, if like you don't throw it at his feet and trust on him, then like you'll never be as protected as you think you are. And not only just that, but then like, if God is your watchman and suffering comes your way, then you know it's connected to purpose. Then you know there's a reason. And then you can deal with it with a holy, good, just, righteous God who is also a redeemer and a healer, right? When suffering comes your way, if God is your watchman, it's connected, it must be connected to some purpose. Or there's something to be overcome right now. Or there's like a reason why certain things happen, not everything, but certain things. If God is your watchman, then like suffering in life makes sense and can be dealt with with his guidance. If you are your own watchman, then you're going to be stressed every day of your life about everything that could happen. If you are your own watchman, then every scenario is stressful. If you are your own watchman, then you're going to be like people that you hear about or read about who like, can't leave their house without a gun. Like, don't feel safe unless they have a weapon on them. Like, if you are your own watchman all the time, then, like, the bad outcomes, the things that we don't want to see, they, have, they make no sense. Then they're too random to have meaning. And if you're your own watchman, ultimately, you'll never know Christ and his suffering because then all suffering is bad. But, like, as his people, like... Are we allowing God to build in our lives? Are we just building what we want to see? Are we like so anxious about protecting everything that we want? And then like we're not really safe at all. It's in vain when you build things in your life that God is not in. It's useless for you. It's, not, it's going to disconnect you from your purpose. It is also vain, useless for you. If you're watching over every aspect of your life, not trusting God to be your watchman. And so what do we do with this? What's the last part of this puzzle today? Let's talk about something many of us love. Let's talk about sleep. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. I love when God's solution, when like what God gives us is so elegant. It's like so perfect. It's like, what's the answer to all of our, I've got to accomplish things. I have to make sure everything's good. I have to make sure all my ducks in a row. Like I have to work to be able to rest. I have to like get all these things done. Like what, what's God's solution? It's like, not work more or do something else or change up our strategies. It's like God gives rest to his beloved. We are so consumed because of the bread of anxious toils that we feed ourselves. We're so consumed. We wake up early. We like wake up early and we go to sleep late and we do all this to accomplish all of these things and building and creating and watching and protecting everything that we could ever imagine. But God gives rest to the, his beloved elegant. And though there's a lot to say here, for the sake of time, 
uh, two, two takeaways here. The first is that in the face of our incessant anxiety and work-driven earning of purpose, he gives us sleep and rest. Sleep and rest is like... So I think one of the reasons why this is so perfect is that rest can't be faked. You and I both know when we are anything but restful, anything but like full of peace. Well, you and I know that like rest, you can't fake that. When my son, I have two kids, but when my son was born, my son is fir- came first. I remember like when we first, when we like were able to fall asleep, I would jump into the bed and like not just close my eyes peacefully. I would shut it because I was so excited to sleep. I would shut my eyes so tight and be so happy that I could like go to sleep for even just a few moments. Like I was, it was so I loved it so much. Like I, I have never forgotten the excitement I had when my first son was born. Like when I got to steal a nap. Like oh, it was like beautiful. And like God here is saying like He gives rest. His answer to us pursuing the idols of time and busyness and making ourselves valuable because of the things that we do and how busy our schedules are or how like our job, what our job titles say about our value and what our income says about all of these things, what our families might say to other families, like all of these things. His answer isn't like, okay, like let's get things done in a meaningful way. It's like, no, like rest, sleep. He gives sleep. To those that he loves. I like, I find this striking because um, I have two ways that my body tells me that I'm anxious. The, the first way is that like when I'm really anxious and being a pastor is not always an easy job, like I find that my jaw is so clenched when I'm anxious. Like there are times when I'm just working or sitting or walking and I know I'm anxious, but then like I listen to my body for a second and my jaws are just screaming because they are so wound up. Like I feel like a pit bull who's gnawing on something for a long time. Like they just hurt. And there's nothing, the, the worrying part is that there's nothing I can physically do to make them relax. Like oh, like that's the opposite of what God promises. He promises sleep. Rest, peace. And the other thing here that my, my body, I have, I don't know if you can see them. I try and usually hide them, but I have these marks on my neck. I have them on my arms, on my torso, and they're anxiety induced. They're like not just something that happens in my skin. Like they're triggered by anxiety and they itch. It's not a rash or anything like that. It's, it's like different than that. But like when I'm really stressed, I'm covered in these and like they itch and they bother me so much. And like, I know, okay, like this is my body telling me that I'm not right. It's like, oh, God's answer isn't like worry more, do more, like be better, find a better strategy. It's like, no, like find rest in him. Don't build what he's not building. Don't watch over everything that you can't control. Like throw it all on God's feet. And like ask him what, what needs to remain and what needs to go. And he's like going to give you sleep. He's going to make your, like, your soul have peace. It's like beautiful and elegant. And the second takeaway is that he wants sleep and rest and peace for you because you are his beloved. Like, like that's almost like it feels like a detail that didn't need to be in there, but it's like perfect that it is. He wants you to rest 
not because you've earned it, not because you deserve it. Like he wants you to rest. He wants you to have purpose and peace. Like he made your soul for a purpose to be found in him because he loves you. That's good enough. You don't earn his sleep. You don't earn peace and rest. It's given because he loves you. And there's not much more I need to say about that. Like, that's all that needs to be said because he deems it so because he loves you. You'll never earn it. You'll never be good enough. You'll never be good in, right enough. But you get it because he loves you. And so what do we do with all this? Let's conclude this really quick because uh, we're, we're running really late already. Like there, I, the Bible has two solutions to this. Like, yeah, like, okay, I understand this in thought, but what do we do with this? Okay, yeah, build, don't build what God's not building. Okay, I get that. Don't watch over every scenario that you can't control. Let God do that. You're like, okay, I get that. Well, then what does like scripture offer? Like, how, how, how do I do that? I get what you're saying, but how do I do that? And I want to propose two things, two powerful things that can help you find purpose and rest in every season of life, even really difficult ones. One is Sabbath rhythm and contemplative living. And then the next is the Gospels. So really quick, Sabbath rhythm and contemplative living. I know that that's technically two things and I'm squeezing them together, but it's all right. I make the rules when I'm talking. Um, commandment number three in the Ten Commandments. Remember to keep holy the Sabbath day. Like, like, I think that we think about that one and we say, okay, that's like one of the small ones, right? That's like, oh, yeah, sure, it made the 10, but it's like one of the little ones. Uh, like I'm I will venture to say that this is perhaps the most neglected of all of the Ten Commandments, right? Because we know the big ones are big ones, right? We know that the other ones are like important. Like the Sabbath day is like, who keeps the Sabbath day? Like, let me say to you that the Sabbath day isn't just a day for sleeping, right? If you, if you have kids, you know that you're not going to be sleeping on the Sabbath, right? They're going to wake up at 5.30 no matter what you do, no matter what you did the night before. But the Sabbath is this, you know what? It's one day to set aside trusting that God is enough. Like it's one day you set aside to show to yourself and to the Lord, to train yourself to say, you know what? I've worked hard for six days. This day is set aside because I trust God for this day. Because I need to rest in His presence. Because I need to connect with Him. I need to connect with His nature. I need to find Him. I need to be with people. I need to sleep. Sometimes though sleep and rest aren't always the same thing. Like I just need to be refueled and be in His presence. The Sabbath day like, is beautiful. God's Sabbath. We need to Sabbath as well. You're not a machine. You can't do everything. And then contemplative rhythms. Contemplative living. Things like journaling, meditating on scripture, spiritual direction, retreats, solitude, and silence. There's a lot of things that the church has learned to do to promote these rhythms of thinking about your life and not like letting your whole life slip through your fingers. To me, one of the saddest things in life can be like when you realize decades that you've lost time, that you've lost years or decades of your life just because you didn't think about them. That's so sad to me. And then the next, the next remedy 
to like what we do and these idols that we believe in is the Gospels. Matthew 11, 28 and 30. This is Jesus' words to you. This is like our maker and our savior. This is what he says. He says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is what the gospel is for you. It's not more work. It's not hating yourself. It's not looking down at yourself. It's looking accurately at yourself through the eyes of the one who loves you, who says, you know what? What I'm asking for isn't religion. It isn't more of doing this. It isn't more of doing that. It's not fix this and then you'll be good enough. No, it's like, you know what? Everyone who's tired, everyone who's so tired, Everyone who is like lost connection with purpose and you're looking and you're searching and everyone who's just like knows that there's more out there. Like my yoke is light. Come to me if you're tired. Come to me if your soul is weary and you'll find freedom and life. That's the gospel's promise. It's for everyone who's lost and downtrodden and beaten and broken. That's who will find Jesus. And so, church, like uh, the idols of busyness and time and significance through what we do are so seductive, especially in this part of the city. I think a lot of us are here because of our ambition. And not all of it is bad. Like I was saying, like some of it is God-given, but don't build houses that God is not asking you to build because then it's just useless. Like don't watch over every aspect of your life thinking that you are the one protecting and holding it all together because you're not. God is your watchman. And so let's continue to talk about Sabbath, contemplative living, this gospel promise that Jesus, the one who died for your sins and your shame and your guilt and your busy schedule, like all of it, he says, I'm not burdensome. I give rest to those I love. And so if you don't feel connected to that love, like if you just know that you don't have that, let's have a conversation. Email me if you want to talk to me at pereasetcitylifenj.com. Join our missional communities. Come join us and in person. Like, let's find a way to explore this together. Because life doesn't have to be this way. You don't have to be tired. Like you can connect to your purpose. And so uh, I'm really over time. I would love to keep going, but it's time to go. Church, we love you all very much. Uh, reminder, next week there's no live sermon, uh, but we're going to take the, pod, the audio and upload it as a podcast the day after. And so, yeah, we love you so much, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Bye.